So I have a correction I'm going to make today, and it doesn't make me happy particularly making this correction, but I'm going to do it because there was uh, something that I discovered that I'm in error about, and that is the identity of the earth dwellers. I had originally said that these are people uh, who love the world more than they loved God or the things of God, and their names were never written in the Lamb's Book of Life, and God knew ahead of time in his foreknowledge who these people would be, and so they were never written in the Lamb's Book of Life. Well, I've since done some additional research, and I have come to understand that that's not the case. So I'm going to show you today what I've come up with. This is going to fit in with the Don't Lose the Plot videos. We, we can't lose the plot about what is happening, why this whole time of tribulation is going to take place, uh, who is being judged, and why they're being judged. And, you know, the plot is this. In a, in a nut, <laughs> and in a nutshell, this is the, the short story that we were created to have dominion over the earth. We are created in the image of God talking about people here, and that God has ordained that only humans, descendants of Adam, should exercise dominion over the earth. And this is one of the reasons why Satan can't do it directly. He always has to work through people. He had to work through Adam, uh, through, through Eve. He had to come at it through people because he can only rule through people. And this is going to uh, continue. Uh, he's been you know, operating um, sort of in the shadows and, and somewhat out front uh, now, um, but through this Babylonian harlot system, through individuals whose names and faces change over the course of time. But it's, um, it's a system, it's institutions and so on that he's been using to control the world and basically get people on a path uh, mentally and spiritually where when he finally can have his son, the Antichrist, show up on the world stage. The whole, everything's been primed um, basically to receive him, to receive the Antichrist as the Christ. So all of the stuff that you see happening is a, um, it's, it's preparing the way for the Antichrist. And in the, um, the book of Revelation shows us all the ways that Satan is counterfeiting what God and what Jesus, what the Holy Spirit is doing. And we understand from what we read in Revelation that Satan's position in this system is going to be that of uh, counterfeit God the Father and um, his man, the Antichrist, is going to be the one who rules the earth as the fake uh, Jesus uh, setting up his fake millennium. And the false prophet is the sort of the antithesis of the Holy Spirit. So we have this false triune um, group of individuals who are going to be setting up a fake millennium. The earth dwellers play a part of this. And we're going to sort of figure out who they are exactly. And I hope that when I'm done with this Bible study that your eyes will be open to <laughs> um, the way mine were about what's going on in the world. Okay, so I want to set this up a little bit 
So I was listening to L.A. Marzulli. I enjoy him. I think he's a very interesting person. And he was interviewing somebody, and they were talking about, you know, the alien thing, and they were talking about um, the idea of there's hybrids out there, okay? People who are part human and part something else. Uh, there's uh, other people talk about clones and super soldiers. I think Russ Dizdar is uh, the Black Awakening. And there's a, um, a group of people out there who talk about the idea that there are fake people who are infiltrating the um, general population of real people, right? right now and that this is going to basically intensify or be made more manifest during the end times. So I'm thinking about this and I, I have no reason to doubt what he's saying. In fact, I, I think he's right on. I'm talking about L.A. Marzulli. I, I think he's he's on to something and I think um, just the idea that the whole Genesis 6, um, you know, Nephilim, Sons of God, uh, mating with the Daughters of Men to create this uh, hybrid race that the reason why this has been sort of poo-pooed um, over history, over time, is because they wanted to keep all this stuff secret, okay? Satan wants to keep this secret. And we know that the flood came because these Nephilim beings had basically infiltrated everywhere. And it looked like they were going to be actually taking dominion over the planet, um, and so God rescued Noah, who was pure in his generations, that his, he was genetically pure. And so uh, God was going to start over again with Noah. But we, we find out in Genesis 6 that uh, there's, there's more incursions of fallen angels than just the one. Okay, And I talk about some of this stuff in um, a video series I've done called Days of Noah, okay, Days of Lot really watch that video series. It's so important because for the most part, end time people, prophecy teachers have gotten this really wrong. All right, so I'm listening to L.A. Marzulli and I'm thinking, you know what, I think he's right about this stuff. And so if we were to look in the book of Revelation, which is the go-to book for all things end times, <laughs> and Revelation will point us to the other things um, other places in the Bible that have application, and we're going to look at some of this uh, in this um, video today. That somewhere in the book of Revelation, we should be able to find people who aren't really people, people who are cloned, people who are hybrids. And who are these people in Revelation? Okay, well, I'm going to propose to you that the hybrids are the earth dwellers. And I'm going to take you through the process that I just went through to sort of nail that idea down. I know there's a lot of people out there, most people who teach end time prophecy teach that nobody really gets saved during the end times and that, that people who do get saved, it's at the cost of their life, they'll be all be martyrs and so on, that they basically take everybody, all the people who are left on earth once um, the rapture of the child, the man-child has taken place, that somehow or another they're, they're either that they're all they're all real people and either they die or they're going to be judged and i just want to say again that people regular people are not going to be judged until the great white throne judgment this judgment that's at the end of the the tribulation when jesus comes back this is a judgment on all the fallen entities the all the angels who are cast out of heaven 
okay? It's, and all the angels that come up out of the pit, the watchers, the sons of God who come up out of the pit, all the demons, okay? All the earth dwellers, all the people who take the mark of the beast, the four angels who come from the river Euphrates, uh, all of these entities, with the exception of one, that is Satan, who's going to be bound in the pit for the duration of the millennium, Jesus is going to judge them. And you have to know why. Why is he going to judge all of these spiritual hosts of wickedness? And I think we're going to judge too. We're part of our job is judging angels. Why is that? It's because when he sets up his millennial reign, he does not want any of those foul, evil, wicked spirits setting up uh, wars and setting up strife and infiltrating what's going on here, inhabiting people like demons do. He doesn't want any of that during the millennial reign. All of those entities are going to be judged when he returns. That's what it's all about. Okay, so what's going to happen is people are going to be separated out. Christians are going to be taken to heaven, whether in a rapture or by being martyred. Uh, the people who are left on earth are going to be divided into those who are associated with Satan and the beast. And that can include angels and demons and, and people. And those who are not. Okay, And we know that there will be people from the nations who survive this time who are going to go into the millennium. They're the sheep of the sheep and goat judgment. And we see the sheep actually in the book of Revelation. They're called something else. We'll look at that here in just a minute. But God is separating everything out so that he can sort of quarantine all the, the fake people, all the fallen angels, all the people who take the mark of the beast, all the watchers, all of those. He's quarantining them and then he, on the earth, okay, during the end times, and they're going to try to set up their own thing, okay? They're going to try to set up the fake millennium. And they're the ones who say peace and safety when after, you know, three or so years, nothing has happened and they've got their thing going. Then sudden destruction comes. That's when Christ returns at his second coming. That's when um, the bull judgments take place. And then um, at the end of that, they're all thrown into the lake of fire with the exception of Satan, who's put in the pit. And he'll be judged at the end of the millennium. Jesus does not want to set up his millennial kingdom and have these entities roaming around. He doesn't want that. And that's what this time of tribulation is all about. So I was watching L.A. Marzulli and I'm thinking about, oh, we should be able to find hybrids, clones, non-people who seem like people. We should be able to find them in the book of Revelation. And then I was listening to another guy and uh, he was given an interesting um, Bible study and I didn't agree with most of what he said, but you know, I can, I always learn something and usually there'll be a verse that I hadn't thought of before and I'll go, oh, well, that's a good verse. Or there'll be some other thing that piques my interest. And in this case, he was talking about the principle of first mention. And that's the idea that wherever we see something mentioned for the very first time, it's sort of the seed form of it and it will be developed and you, you will see it again at the end, during the end times. The first Adam, we have the last Adam. We have the tree of life in the garden. We're going to have it at the end. And the first mention I want to look at today is the first mention of the word book. <laughs> the word book. The reason I want to look at this is because I am thinking about the book of life. 
which features prominently actually in the book of Revelation. There are more references to the book of life in the book of Revelation than anywhere else in the Old Testament. Um, Moses mentions it in Exodus. There's a couple of places in Psalms that we see the book of life mentioned or the book mentioned, but it figures real prominently during the end times. There are people who can have their name blotted out of the book of life. There are people or a category of people who never had their name written in the book of life at all. Okay, at all. So I'm trying to make these connections and I'm going to show you how I'm thinking about this and then you can share your thoughts with me in the comments section below. I, and then I was watching this other video where he's talking about um, end time stuff and it he said it seems like God is writing the story backward. Like he has this idea about where he's going and what he wants in terms of the plan of redemption. And then he starts at the beginning and then starts working it toward that end. And that's exactly what it looks like, actually. And the scriptures tell us that we can know the end of a thing from examining the beginning, or I'm paraphrasing there. But we understand the end of the story because of what we read in the beginning. And sometimes we can understand the beginning of the story by what we read at the end. So I'm going to take you through just a real brief trip through the, the idea of the book of life. Because it's, like I said, it features real prominently in the book of Revelation. So what we need to do now is we need to look at the first mention of the word book in the Bible. It appears in Genesis 5. And I'm just going to read Genesis 5, 1 through 11, so you can kind of get a feel for the text. This is the book of the generations of Adam, or of the man, of man. <laughs> when God created man, he made him in the likeness of God. The first thing we find out about the generations of Adam in this book, um, generations of man, is that man was created in the image of God. Okay, this is being reiterated. We read about it in um, Genesis uh, 1 in the creation account. Uh, we're talking about the image of God here. All right, so let's look at verse 2. Male and female, he created them, and he blessed them, and he named them man when they were created. And when Adam had lived 130 years, he fathered a son in his own likeness after his image and named him Seth. The days of Adam after he fathered Seth were 800 years, and he had other sons and daughters. Thus all the days that Adam lived were 930 years, and he died. And when Seth had lived 105 years, he fathered Enosh. Seth lived after he fathered Enosh 807 years, and had other sons and daughters, and thus all the days of Seth were 912 years. Okay, and it's just going to go on listing people here. He was the father of so-and-so. He lived so long. He had other um, sons and daughters, and he died. This is the book of man. This is a book of man who was created in the image of God. We could call this the book of humanity. This is the book of life. Okay, this is the book of life. Okay, that's my 
um, thesis here that I'm going from is that the book of life is the book of the generations of man who was created in the image and likeness of God. Now, Jesus can trace his lineage all the way back, um, only he's going to go backward now, to Adam, who's a son of God. This is in Luke chapter 3. We're going to read verses 23, 24, and then skip through most of the genealogy all the way down to 37 and 38. Jesus himself was about 30 years old when he began his ministry, and he was regarded as the son of Joseph, who was the son of Heli, the son of Mathat, the son of Levi, the son of Mel Melchi, the son of Jenai, Gen the son of Joseph, and then it goes on on through, the son of Methuselah, the son of Enoch, the son of Jared, the son of Mahalalel, the son of Canaan, the son of Enosh, the son of Seth, the son of Adam, the son of God. Okay, not the son of God as in Jesus, but what is happening in this genealogy is that Jesus is being traced all the way back to Adam. What this says is Jesus is one of us. Okay, he's one of us. He is a, a, he's a descendant of real people who were made in the likeness of God. Okay, there's another genealogy in the book of Matthew that actually traces Jesus' legal right to the throne of David uh, through his uh, stepfather, Joseph. And then that one goes back basically to Abraham. Okay, so uh, Jesus' lineage is traced for another purpose that shows that he's a the rightful heir of David and the one who is going to fulfill the promises that God made to Abraham. Or it starts with Abraham and goes to Jesus. This one starts with Jesus and goes backward to Adam. So we have two genealogies that are uh, proving two different things about Jesus. That he's the rightful heir of the throne of David, that he's a descendant of Abraham, who is the promised seed. Okay, we've talked about this before. And in the Gospel of Luke, we trace his hum humanity, his lineage, basically through um, Mary's father, okay, and then on down. So the book of the generations of Adam is the book of the life of humanity. It's tracing people uh, who are descendants of Adam. And every descendant of Adam is going to have their name written in a book of life, the book of life. Mankind is uniquely made in the image of God. And the book of the generations of Adam is basically, it's a partial list of the larger book of life that is belongs to the Lamb. Okay, this the book of life that belongs to the lamb. Here's where I'm going to interject something that seems kind of weird and out of place, but it's really important. Um, it's a key component to this uh, understanding how my thought process here. And that is that Paul links uh, being connected with Adam, being in Adam, with actually being able to be raised from the dead, okay, to be resurrected. So this is the passage. It's 1 Corinthians 15, 22 through 25. Paul says this, as in Adam all die, so in Christ all will be made alive. Okay, in Adam all die and in Christ all will be made alive. He's not just talking about Christians who are going to be made alive. 
everybody who is a real person, a descendant of Adam in the book of life because you're part of this race, in Adam all die. And because you're in Adam, through Christ, all will be made alive. And then he, Paul talks about everybody is going to be made alive in their own turn. First, Christ is resurrected. Then believers who are going to be made alive. And then at the end, everybody else, okay? all That's at the great white throne judgment. All Everybody else is going to be made alive who hasn't been resurrected, who isn't a part of, of, of Christ. So this is basically that uh, three-part harvest imagery where Christ is the first fruits. Uh, we're the main harvest. Believers, all believers will be resurrected um, at his coming, okay, before the millennium, before the millennium begins. And then there's another resurrection of those who are in Adam. In Adam all die. In Christ all will be made alive. That's at the great white throne judgment. That's when people will stand before the throne, this great white throne in heaven, and the books will be opened, the books of everybody's individual life, what they did, good and bad, and the book of life. Your name has to be found in the book of life, otherwise you're cast into the lake of fire. We know that there are people whose names were never written in the Lamb's book of life. Okay, so basically this passage in 1 Corinthians 15 is telling us that the resurrection of the dead only applies to people who are descendants of Adam who are true humans made in the image of God. Okay, now, we know that there were people at the time of uh, prior to the flood uh, who were not true humans. They were not full-blood humans. They were hybrids. They were uh, children of the sons of God and the daughters of men. Okay, they had children. These were called the Nephilim. They're the giants. There was this incursion that happened, and the earth was filled with violence. It was filled with these people, people in quotes, and so God sent the flood to wipe them out. Okay, now uh, later incursions happened, and I think that they may even be ongoing, where people are, there are people who are not really people. They're, they're hybrids. Now, if you're a hybrid, and you were killed in the flood, there is no place for your soul to go, your spirit to go. There is no resurrection of the dead. You will not ever get a resurrected body. So these spirits became the demons and uh, to be distinguished from the fallen angels, the sons of God who were placed in the pit. And Jude tells us that during the end times, during that great day, that's talks about the, the millennium. Before the millennium begins, these guys are going to be judged. Okay, They're going to be released from the pit. They're going to be judged. So we have the sons of God who are in the pit, and then we have the, the spirits of the children of these, uh, these hybrids who were killed in the flood. These are the demons, and they're the ones. They're seeking a body. They're always seeking a body to inhabit because they will never, ever, ever get a body back. The only body they will ever possess is ones that they can possess. And so they're always looking for a body, a human body, but they actually hate people. <laughs> they hate humans, which is why they are so, um, so destructive to anybody that they inhabit. So we can assume that the Nephilim, the, the hybrids, never had their names written in the Book of Life because the book of life is the generations of man, okay? 
first mention of the book is the book of mankind created in the image of God. You may wonder why all these genealogies are in the Bible because they seem really boring, but they're there for a reason and they help us to identify um, the entities who are going to be present on the earth during the time of the end. So even though the Nephilim, the giants, uh, were killed during the time of the flood, we also learned that there was, there's been other incursions of fallen angels. And uh, the story of Lot informs us that people were accustomed to having uh, fallen angels uh, mas want to masquerade as people and have uh, sexual relations with people. This was something that was not unfamiliar to the people of Sodom. They did not want to have relations uh, with those two men who came to visit and warn uh, Lot because they were men. They wanted to have relations with them because they were angels. Okay, this is, this is that dark side of all of this. And we know that uh, Goliath was a giant and Goliath had brothers and David slew Goliath. He killed Goliath um, and basically uh, I think he was one of the last giants um, in the land of Canaan. And remember when Joshua and uh, Caleb went into Canaan, there were giants there. These people existed there, these hybrid beings. And the reason why God wanted them destroyed was because they weren't real people. Okay, they weren't real. They weren't real people. What's interesting is that, um, like I said before, is that the the story of the giants, the whole story of the Genesis 6 thing has been suppressed. People don't talk about it. The Smithsonian has gone to great lengths to take the bones of giants and sequester them somewhere, you know, so people can't see them. But all this is coming to light and we're, we're realizing that a lot of things have been hidden from us in our history. And even in the church, this stuff has been whitewashed so that we don't talk about it, that the sons of God were really the righteous sons of Seth and they, you know, shouldn't have had relations with the, with the bad daughters of Cain. And that's not, that's not what the, that story is. This is a story of hybrids, of people living in the midst of regular people with the goal of taking over the planet, taking over the earth. They want to take over the earth. They want to have the dominion over the earth that was given to us. And they think if they have a earth suit, something made of the dust of the ground, that somehow or another they qualify. But they don't qualify. You have to be a, a son of Adam to qualify for this. You have to be made in the image of God to qualify. So rather than these hybrids looking like giants, although there may still be giants, um, there are hybrids among us that look just like us. They look like people. They look like regular people, but they're not. They're not real people. And the book of Revelation tells us there is a group of people during the end times whose names were never written in the book of life. They were never descendants of Adam. They were never truly human. They're just attempting to pass as human. And this is, we read about this in Revelation 13, 8. This is the, one of the first places we read about it. And we'll read about it in another place too. 
and all who dwell on the earth. Okay, this is, these are the earth dwellers. Okay, this does not mean every single person who inhabits the earth. There are other names for people who inhabit the earth, like people from every tribe, tongue, people, and nation, like mankind, like people who give God glory. These are other people who are on the earth along with earth dwellers, okay? All who dwell on earth simply means all of this category of earth dweller. It's a category of hybrid. All of the hybrids will worship the beast. All whose names have not been written from the foundation of the world in the book of life belonging to the lamb who was slain. Okay, these people are not in the book of the generations of mankind. That belongs to the lamb. He has this book. He knows who's in it and who's not. And all the people who are hybrids are going to uh, worship the beast. The dwellers on earth will worship the man referred to as the beast or the Antichrist. And the earth dwellers will also be responsible for the deaths of the fifth seal martyrs. Okay, and this is where it gets to where you go, oh, I can see how this would be possible. If there are hybrids, people who are not, they're not in the image of God. They are not image bearers. They don't carry the image of God. They're not in the book of life. They are not part of the descendants of Adam. They're the ones who are going to wipe out real the real heirs, okay, the real ones who are going to have dominion over the earth, um, Christians, real people. Here's what it says in Revelation 6, verses 9 and 10. And when he opened the fifth seal, I saw under the altar the souls of those who'd been slain for the word of God and for the witness they had borne. And they cried out with a loud voice, O sovereign Lord, holy and true, how long before you judge and avenge our blood? on those who dwell on earth. Okay, just think earth dweller when you see those who dwell on earth. The earth dwellers, um, these hybrids, these, they may be clones, they may be part of families that have been running the show for a very, very long time. Certain bloodlines that are in the world today. And these, individuals along with the kings of the earth who may or may not be part of that group they're going to collude with the harlot and i believe a lot of the earth dweller type individuals are a part of the harlot when we get to revelation 9 we'll see that there are people who, who will try to resurrect the institutions and stuff that are, are about to be destroyed at the sixth trumpet but not everybody who is a participant in the harlot is an earth dweller, but earth dwellers and kings of the earth are going to collude with the harlot to kill believers. Revelation 17, 1 and 2. Then one of the seven angels who had the seven bowls came and said to me, Come, I will show you the judgment of the great prostitute who is seated on many waters. And later on in this chapter, we'll read that the many waters are peoples and nations and languages and tongues. Okay, they're, they're groups of people on the earth. 
with whom the kings of the earth have committed sexual immorality and with the wine of whose sexual immorality the dwellers on earth have become drunk. And this is where it gets kind of sick because, you know, if you follow the stories about these hybrid people, these families, these, these you know, dark people, a lot of them who are also demon-possessed, they have a thing about blood and drinking blood and reveling in the blood of innocent people. And they, they not only revel in it, but they believe that it's through the, the offering up of innocent blood and through blood of people that they will actually obtain more and more and more power. So the earth dwellers, this hybrid race of people, will be particularly impressed with the resurrected beast who is also a hybrid, but not like them. Okay, when the beast comes along, he is going to be a real man, 100% human person, who is going to die and Christ, who holds the keys to death in Hades, is going to allow him to be raised from the dead. And he is going to be indwelt by Apollyon, who is the highest fallen angel. He's the king of the angels of the bottomless pit. This is the seed of Satan. Okay, This fallen angel is going to come into the actual human body that it has, is genetically pure as far as he's a real human and is going to create this hybrid person to mimic Christ, who is a real person who has the fullness of God living inside of him, who is God himself. And this is how Satan wants to take away dominion from real people, from Christ, okay? And he wants to set his own man on the throne here who is actually a real person genetically speaking he's not a hybrid genetically but he's a spiritual hybrid in that he has the spirit of apollyon inside of him revelation 17 goes into the details of both parts of this um, antichrist the man part who dies and comes back and the uh, apollyon part who died who is not dies, but who goes into the pit, who disappears for a while, and then comes back and will um, ascend as the beast who ascends from the bottomless pit, who then will kill the two witnesses. Okay, but let's go look at Revelation 17, 8. The beast that you saw was and is not, that is, he was here and then he left, and is about to rise from the bottomless pit and go to destruction or perdition. It's Apollyon who's in the bottomless pit who will come out and indwell this, this beast. And the dwellers on earth, that is this group of hybrids, whatever form they take, and they may take many forms, whose names have not been written in the book of life from the foundation of the world, okay, they're not people, will marvel to see the beast because it was and is not and is to come. That is, was here, died, rose from the dead, 
and is now alive. God possesses the record of every single person who is a, is a human being, a real human being descended from Adam. And all our days are, were written in advance of our birth. Okay, so God has the book that has all of our days written in it. And then we're created, and then we live out the days that were in the book. So God works the story from the back to the front. Here's what it says in Psalm 139.16. Your eyes saw my unformed body. All my days were written in your book and ordained for me before even one of them came to be. There is no book in which the lives of non-human or hybrid human entities appear. They have no book of life. And though the earth dwellers may have human type bodies, they are not actually human. Their bodies are a genetic aberration, similar to the Nephilim before the flood. But Satan uses these entities, these people, to defile the people of the earth. And they're the ones that stir up people to foment wars and to be particularly defiling to people through sexual defilement and all kinds of things. And all, all you see out on the world today is just one defilement after another. And it's particularly through the shedding of blood and of innocent blood. And we do see this all around us in the world. And in addition to these beings having defiled souls, they also host unclean spirits, the demons, in order to drive additional dark powers and influence. So it's the activity of these evil entities, basically the tares among the wheat, that further energizes and intensifies the levels of wickedness and sorrow that are here on earth. And it, I believe it's these, um, these entities that are part of that mystery of iniquity that Paul talks about. The mystery of iniquity is not just that mankind fell. The mystery of iniquity is, um, is a secret. It's something that nobody would have really recognized or understood unless God showed us. And that is, is that sin increased and defilement increased when the demons appeared, when, when the Nephilim came and the flood came, and now our world is filled with demonic spirits, and it's filled with people who are not really people. They, they look like us, but they're not like us. The beast, who is also known as the Antichrist, will also be a hybrid being, but his body is going to be a real human body. It's, his body is going to have the genetic code of Adam. But when he's killed and then resurrects, He's going to be indwelled by Apollyon, the angel from the bottomless pit. This is a watcher. Apollyon is most likely the seed of the serpent that uh, Genesis 3.15 is a reference to. So why is this important? Well, God gave dominion of the earth to Adam and to Adam's descendants, including Christ. 
And only a true human being is authorized by God to have dominion over the earth. And Satan thinks he can have a workaround through his fake son. So here's the passage that talks about dominion, Genesis 1, 26 through 28. And then God said, let us make man in our image and after our likeness, and let them have dominion over the fish of the sea, over the birds of the heavens, and over the livestock, and over all the earth, and over every creeping thing that creeps on the earth. So God created man in his own image. In the image of God, he created him. Male and female, he created them, and God blessed them. And God said to them, be fruitful and multiply and fill the earth and subdue it and have dominion over the fish of the sea, over the birds of the heavens, and over every living thing that moves on the earth. And by the way, that should have also included the serpent. Satan desires to exercise control of the earth, but because of the divine decree that man is to have dominion. Satan cannot exercise control or dominion over the earth apart from people. Only a man can rule the earth. Only the sons of Adam can exercise dominion and they must be made of the dust of the earth and in whom is the image of God. Satan will seek to rule the earth through his man, the Antichrist, the beast. And like I said before, right now, Satan is ruling through many people in a system of control. The New World Order, Great Reset, World Economic Forum, United Nations, whatever you want to call them. This is the harlot. And like all prostitutes, you use them and then you toss them aside. You do not have them anymore. And right now, Satan is ruling through the harlot. But when his son comes on the scene... It says that the beast and the ten kings hate the harlot and they will destroy her with fire, smoke, and sulfur. They will give, be given authority for one hour to do this. That's the sixth trumpet, the hour, day, month, and year that the harlot is destroyed. This present world system that Satan has been using all of these years since Babylon will be destroyed remnants of the people who are part of that system will still be here. And some of them will be real people, uh, real descendants of Adam, whose names are in the book of life. And some of them will be um, earth dwellers who are killed. This is the, the entity that Satan is using right now. It's this worldwide entity. But when his son comes on the scene, he will use his son to exercise dominion over the earth. And he will claim that he can do this because... The beast is going to be a descendant of Adam, genetically. All right. We know that there are other people during the time of tribulation. Not everyone who lives on earth during the end times is an earth dweller. Because we know that there are those who are going to give God glory. Believe it or not, there are people who are going to give God glory. And that's another way of saying there are people who are not earth dwellers and there are people who won't take the mark of the beast, right? Here's a passage on that. Revelation 14, 6 and 7. And then I saw another angel flying directly overhead with an eternal gospel to proclaim to those who dwell on earth, 
Okay, and this gospel is not the gospel as we think of it, like believe on Jesus um, and you'll be saved. This gospel here, the word can actually mean good news or it can mean true news. Basically, the angel is saying, I'm telling you the truth. I'm telling you true news. And uh, he's saying it to those who dwell on earth, this category of earth dwellers, and to every nation, tribe, and language, and people. And he said in a loud voice, fear God, give him glory, because the hour of his judgment has come. In other words, the hour for the destruction of mystery Babylon has come. And then, of course, the next angel says, fallen, fallen is Babylon the great. And then the next angel says, don't take the mark of the beast. Um, the true news is, fear God and give him glory, because the hour of his judgment has come. And then Revelation 11, 13, 14, that's talking about this same time frame, says this, And at that hour there was a great earthquake, and a tenth of the city, that is of Jerusalem, city of Jerusalem, fell. Seven thousand people were killed in the earthquake, and the rest were terrified and gave glory to the God of heaven. There's people who are going to give glory to God. Okay, Not everybody is an earth dweller. There are people who are going to give glory to God. These are the people who are probably going to be the sheep people that when the time comes when Jesus uh, separates the sheep from the goats, real people from non-real people, the real people are going to go into the kingdom. They give God glory. The goats are going to be cast into the lake of fire prepared for the devil and his angels. They're not real people. Verse 14, the second woe has passed. Behold, the third woe is soon to come. What is the second woe? It's the sixth trumpet. Okay. The sixth trumpet will sound on the same day as the abomination of desolation. All right, Revelation 15, verses 3 and 4. This is a song that's being sung before God's throne. Great and amazing are your deeds, O Lord God the Almighty. Just and true are your ways, O King of the nations. Who will not fear, O Lord, and glorify your name? For you alone are holy, and all nations will come and worship you, for your righteous acts have been revealed. Remember the angel said, Fear God and give him glory, because he, uh, he alone is holy. And here we're being told that all nations will come and worship God because his righteous acts have been revealed. There are people among the nations who will worship Christ. They will enter into the millennium. Okay, there are those who don't give God glory, okay? And there are those who curse God, which is the opposite of not giving him glory. And there are people that we know from Revelation who are going to take the mark of the beast. We're talking real people, people whose names were in the book of life. These are people whose names will, will be blotted out of the book of life. They will be blotted out. When they appear at the great white throne judgment, their names will not be found there. They are real people whose names are in the book of Adam, and they will be resurrected at the end. Um, at the great white throne judgment, because they're not believers, okay, but they are, they're regular people. They're people whose names were written in the book of life. They took the mark of the beast. 
and they will be thrown into the lake of fire. Now, whether these people are thrown into the lake of fire immediately when Christ returns, or whether they're going to await the resurrection at the great white throne judgment, I'm a little unclear, don't know for sure, but we do know their fate. They are going to be thrown into the lake of fire. Revelation 16 shows us the bold judgments, and the bold judgments are the wrath of God. Okay, this is the wrath of God. Um, the seals uh, 1 through 6 is not the wrath of God. The trumpets um, are not the wrath of God, although the sixth trumpet is the vengeance of God on the harlot and the harlot um, Babylonian system and the people who are involved in that. And remember, the harlot's judged twice. She's judged at the sixth trumpet, which is the second woe. And then when Christ returns, God remembers Babylon the Great and makes her drink the cup of his fury. Okay, something like that. Re Revelation 16, 2. So the first angel went and poured out his bowl on the earth, and harmful and painful sores came upon the people. Okay, and it doesn't say earth dwellers. It says people who bore the mark of the beast and worshipped its image. Okay, these are people who have the mark. They're going to be under the judgment and wrath of God. Okay, Revelation 16, 9. Um, they were scorched by the fierce heat, and they cursed the name of God, who had power over these plagues, but they did not repent and give him glory. We're probably talking about people who took the mark, because that seems to be the context here. Revelation 16, 10, and 11. And the fifth angel poured out his bowl on the throne of the beast and its kingdom and was plunged into darkness, and men began to gnaw their tongues in anguish and curse the God of heaven for their pains and sores, yet they did not repent of their deeds. Okay, this is, again, this is on the people who have taken the mark of the beast because they're men, right? It's not saying earth dwellers here. Revelation sixteen twenty one. And great hailstones weighing almost a hundred pounds each rained down on them from above, and men cursed God for the plague of hail because it was so horrendous. A lot of these people who took the mark of the beast, they're going to die, and they will be resurrected at the time of the great white throne judgment because they're not going to be alive when Christ returns. So they, because they're in Adam, okay, they can be resurrected into an immortal body. If you're in Adam, all, you'll be made alive because of Christ. But when they appear at the great white throne judgment, their names will have been blotted out of the book of life. They will not be in the book of life and they will be cast into the lake of fire. We know that there's going to be people from the nations who are in existence at, during the millennium. And the people from the nations, regular people who don't take the mark of the beast, regular people who are going to be alive and survive until the coming of the Lord. There's, God is going to cut those days short or no human flesh would survive. All that would be alive would be the beast, the image of the beast, which I believe are people who are um, made um, like the beast. That is, they'll have an actual human body, but they'll be indwelled by one of those fallen angels from the bottomless pit. Just um, They're in the image of the beast the way we're in the image of Christ. We're a regular human being who is indwelt by the Holy Spirit. And some of these people um, will survive until Christ returns. And they're going to populate the millennium. Not everybody's going to die. But if God didn't cut those days short, uh, a lot of people would. There, there probably wouldn't be any people left. These people 
um, from the nations. They're called the people um, from the people's nations, tongues, uh, and kings, or people's multitudes, nations, and tongues, and so on. Okay, so Revelation 10, 11. Um, this is when John is told he must prophesy again about many peoples and nations and tongues and kings. Okay, so people on earth, just the whole world, basically. And Revelation 17, 15. The angel said to me, the waters that you saw where the prostitute is seated are peoples and multitudes and nations and tongues. And we know that it's from this group of peoples and multitudes and nations and tongues that millions and millions of people um, will be saved, but through martyrdom. Revelation 7, 9. And after this, I looked and saw a multitude too large to count from every nation and tribe and people and tongue standing before the throne and before the Lamb. And when we read later, um, on in this passage, we realize that these were people who'd come out of that, the great tribulation for believers, which is that 10 days of martyrdom um, at the hands of the harlot, just prior to um, the sixth trumpet, the abomination of desolation event. And Revelation 13, 7 says this about the beast who has authority over these nations. Then the beast was permitted to wage war against the saints and to conquer them. And it was given authority over every tribe and people and tongue and nation. These are, these are people from nations who will, if they don't take the mark of the beast, be enabled to go into the millennium as the people from the nations that we read about in Matthew 25. So to summarize this, okay, the earth dwellers in Revelation, or it may say those who dwell on earth, are a class of non-people. They're, they're individuals, they're entities that are distinct from true humans. That is, they're hybrids. They're not descendants of Adam. They cannot trace their lineage to Adam. They're not real people. And the earth dwellers will conspire with the harlot, okay, these hybrids, clones or mixed entity individuals, will conspire with the kings of the earth and with this present world system to kill believers and in that there'll be a 10-day bloodbath. It's not like regular humans are going to be killing like regular human beings who've gotten saved. It's this, you know, whether they're super soldiers, whether they're people from certain bloodlines, whether they're cloned, or whether they're alien-human hybrids, I don't know, all the above. They are going to focus their energies on destroying first believers, Christians. And once most of the Christians are either dead or have been taken into heaven in a rapture, then their goal is to take dominion over the earth. They're going to take dominion over the earth that God created and said that you have to be a son of Adam in order to rule here. And when I do my um, Bible study on Revelation 9, this, this is actually going to be opened up for you in a way that you've never seen before about what's happening when the pit is opened, what's happening 
with these things, uh, these entities at the fifth uh, trumpet. The hybrid humans who aren't real people, um, they are going to worship the beast, which tells us that they're inferior to the beast, and they're also inferior to um, the the beings that will be made in the image of the beast. And the image of the beast is not a statue. <laughs> it's not a statue. It's people who are going to be like, like the beast, who is a has a genetic link to Adam, but is indwelt by a watcher angel, one of the sons of God. And the idea is if you can claim descent from Adam, that you have a right to have dominion over the earth. Okay, and then the goal is that they will wipe out all true humans, all of them, so that they can legally, they think, control the earth. True human beings who are from the nations, the peoples and tongues and so on, they will give God glory. They will. At the time of the abomination of desolation, at the moment that this present system is destroyed, which I believe will be the big nuclear war of, of, of the World War III, that, the war that I think we're in already. It's undeclared, but, but it's happening. And that will happen about five months, five to six months after we're gone. And there are people who will give God glory. They will realize, they'll understand what's going on. They may not accept Christ as their savior, they're not going to worship the beast. They won't, even though, and they, they'll be beheaded for the beast. Some of them may actually be converted just prior to being beheaded, right? So, I mean, this is just a, such a, a, such a story. It's so incredible. But there are true humans who will give God glory, and they are not going to be uh, thrown into the lake of fire. Their names are in the book of life, and they will be, some of those people that Jesus says, enter in, come on in. This is a kingdom that's been prepared for you. It's an earthly kingdom, but you're the kind of people we want to inhabit this kingdom. And they're people who are actually going to help out uh, Jesus' brothers, whether they're believers who are um, Jesus' brothers, you know, as you did it to the least of these, my brethren, you did it to me, or even people from the 12 tribes, Jews. Uh, if they help them, that will be considered righteousness for them too. Now here's the warning. There are going to be true humans, real human beings, who will accept the mark of the beast. They'll take it. And they're going to share the same fate as the earth dwellers. And they will be cast into the lake of fire when the Lord returns, if they're still alive. Okay, if they're dead, they will appear before the great white throne judgment. And if they have taken the mark, they will be thrown into the lake of fire at that time. Now, this is the part that we have to get clear clarity on because so many people are teaching that the wrath of God is being poured out on, on humanity that's rejected God. And that's not what's happening here. What's happening here is the wrath of God is going to be poured out on the beast who is going to claim legitimacy to have dominion over the earth. And it's going to be poured out on those who associate with the beast in his image. It's going to be poured out on, on the demons and on the earth dwellers who are hybrids. And it's going to be poured out on anybody who um, takes the mark of the beast. It's all enemies 
enemies. It's the enemies of God that are going to be destroyed. And all the ones who falsely claim that they can have dominion here. They're all going to be, they're all going to be destroyed. So that when Jesus sets up his millennial kingdom, none of that stuff is here. He gets a clean slate, a totally clean slate um, to rule. Okay, without interference from all of those bad guys. Now, the people who enter into the millennial kingdom, they will have a sin nature. They will have this downward pull that, you know, to not obey God. But that first generation, they are going to love Jesus. Trust me, they'll love Jesus. There may be some disgruntled people after a while, but um, their children, okay, who, you know, people are going to have children. They're going to love Jesus to start out with. And, um, but because they have a sin nature, they are going to be ruled with a rod of iron. That is a, a corrective rod. That's, that's pretty strict. Um, and we, we as um, Jesus' fellow heirs, as his assistants, as his elders who will rule with him, who will help him rule, just like Moses had 70 elders that helped him rule, we're going to assist Christ in, you know, maintaining um, uh, control here on earth. We're going we're gonna to rule with him. And it doesn't mean we're going to go around beating people up with our, our rod of iron. That isn't what's happening here. And everybody who is working with Christ during the millennium is going to have a job that is perfectly suited for who you are as a person. And there's, there's so much to do and there's so many kinds of opportunities that we have to assist Christ in so many domains that, you know, uh, trust me, whatever God has assigned for you, whatever Christ wants you to do, it'll be perfect for you. You'll just love it. It'll be great. So the judgment of the last days is not directed toward an unbelieving world. It's directed toward those fallen entities who will want to claim dominion over the earth. And then when Christ returns, um, it's going to be a big surprise because they think they've, they've figured it all out. They found the loophole where they can, you know, keep, keep the earth and, and rule it. And, and when, you know, year one, year two, maybe year three goes by and it looks like the earth is theirs, um, they're going to just heave this huge sigh of relief and, you know, they are not going to believe it when the sky is rolled back, the, sky, uh, the sun goes dark, the moon turns to blood, the stars fall from the sky and they see Jesus and they see God on his throne. They see the sign of the Son of Man who is going to be coming in power and great glory. And they have no idea that this is actually going to happen. Okay. And they are the ones who are saying peace and safety when sudden destruction comes. Okay, this is the story. Okay, this is the story, people. And we we learn about the story from the beginning. From the book of the generations of Adam, of the man, of mankind, who was given dominion over the earth, who was made in the image of God. All right, so, <laughs> so I apologize for giving you a false definition of who the earth dwellers are. I didn't really know, but I think I know now. So I hope you will share this video with anybody you dare to share it with. 
uh, and uh, leave a comment in the comment section. Um, be sure and give it a like too if you liked it. And we'll see you on another video. Till then, have a blessed day.